This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products, go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. They now ship worldwide. And this is for more geared towards your athlete, but it's for your everyday blue-collar worker as well. Or even if you have aches and pains, it works. It's They have roll-ons. They have rub-ons. Anything, ointments, anything you need or want for inflammation or for chronic pain, it works. I use it myself. Please go support them like I said, it has no THC, no one will get high, so you don't have to worry about that. So it's all good. If you're into nerd culture or you like to collect stuff or you like Simon Mobilia, go to firstroll.ca. This is a Canadian company I love to support. Everything you see there is in Canadian funds. So all to my American listeners, you get it at a little bit cheaper rate and they do ship down to you. So if you go to firstroll.ca, use promo code THEPODCAST20, you'll get 20% off. They update daily. Like I said, they have everything from comic books to wrestling figures, signed memorabilia, signed auto... I was going to say signed autographs. So I always say that every so often. Signed autographs makes no sense, does it? Signed pictures of wrestlers, all sorts of that kind of stuff they have it signed baseballs everything you need or want from sports to comic books like i said and if you want to support me directly please scroll down on your device it's embedded right there go to my merchandise store it's at tpublic.com you could shop for anything you need or want i have it there t-shirts hoodies long johns i don't know what else i fucking have there fucking uh phone cases laptop cases it's all there mugs support the cause that helps me directly and the most important thing please Free of charge. It costs nothing. It's the most important. Every podcaster who listens knows. Even today's guest knows because he has his own podcast. Rate, subscribe, review. The most important is Apple Podcasts. But if you don't have iOS, you could also go on to Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, this week's guest is the former owner of Ring of Honor and now acts as their ambassador, Mr. Kerry Silken. Hello there, Steve. How's Thanks it? for having me on. No, thank you for coming aboard. This is an honor and a pleasure, of course. Thank you. You are very wise and you have many stories to share, so I can't wait to pick your brain today. And we're, we're recording this on the very uh, date 
we're, we're recording this on what's today, the twenty third, yeah. uh, February twenty third, which was the very, which is the eighteenth anniversary of the very first Ring of Honor show. Are you kidding me? What are the odds? Right, and uh, who would have thunk that? Uh, but uh, yeah, here we are, eighteen years later, um, and uh, it's it's amazing. So uh, let's go. So speaking of it, let's get right into it. 18 years. You were at that first show then, I assume? I was at the first show, but I was not involved with the company for about a year. Okay. Uh, and uh, I get, you know, the, it's a long story, but we'll make it real quick. I, I came on, uh, I knew the guys that were running Ring of Honor. I knew them from ECW and uh, gonna, potentially going to run Ring of Honor. And... Uh, I got, they didn't need me to be involved. Uh, I had a feeling that, uh, you know, this is when ECW closed. There was a big void in in pro wrestling. WCW went out of business. And, uh, you know, you're not going to compete with WWE, of course, but on a local level. And uh, I knew Gabe very well. uh, And I knew that he he had a real good sense of uh, knowing wrestling. And uh, I went to the first shows. And uh, they came to me looking for financial help. I got involved, and uh, there was a little problem along the way, which we're not even going to get into. We're going we're gonna to get, we're going to pass that. But I wound up being the sole owner <laughs> right. in 2004. And uh, talk about a, a, a bridge, a bridge over troubled waters. Right. Jesus Christ! But uh, we made it, <laughs> and uh, off we went through. You know through those years and uh my tenure as ring of honor owner right uh even you know we were talking before we we started this you know mm-hmm. you don't have any kids i don't have any kids uh we probably both have kids running around somewhere we're just not sure about that but that's it <laughs> you have to quiet come on my wife listens <laughs> now i'm just teasing but yeah if we took a high school kid yeah, yeah. who had a decent uh Maybe not even a high school kid, just a child who knew mathematics. Right. They back in two, 2005, let alone six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven would have said, "Dude or Carrie, you've got a uh, you can't you this this is not a wise business. You know, it's losing a lot of money. Right. So the perception of the product and what we were doing and, and the, the product was great, but the financial end of it was uh, never good. But because of my uh, passion, because of my uh, ego, because I knew we had a good thing. Right. I knew we had a good thing. Of course. And me being a wrestling fan for now over 50 years, shit, I'm fucking old. But that it, it, it's the way it is. Um, I, I knew that we had a good thing. So I kept it alive against all better judgment. I'm fortunate that uh, I'm not married and I, you know, have another business, uh, my, my ticket agency business, which was basically supporting Ring of Honor. Wow. You know, it's robbing from Peter to pay Paul. But uh, <laughs> we made it. And, we, and thanks to uh, Jim Cornette, and Gary Juster mm-hmm. getting this um, this union with uh, Joe Coff, you know, from right. Sinclair. Yep. 
uh, and we were able to uh, get that deal done, which wasn't easy. But um, and here we, I, I can't believe, you know, it's, it, we're going on uh, <laughs> almost nine years since then. Wow. That, that's true, because so, you sold it in 2011, I believe, right? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's really cool. So here we are on a happy anniversary to us. So what happened? Because I don't know the full story of when you sold. So when did you become from, went from owner to ambassador? When did all that happen? When I sold it. Oh, okay. When I, when I sold the company. Right. Joe Koff, you know, Sinclair is a huge, you know, they're a huge corporation. Of course. Uh, massive. Yeah. Uh, very big. We'll leave it at that. And uh, thank God for Joe Koff, because Joe was a wrestling fan. And Joe, uh, you know, Sinclair's business is owning television stations. So they looked at the Ring of Honor thing as getting content. So to to get back to your question, so when I sold it, Joe knew that if Carrie just went away and he wasn't pushing me away, not that I would, you know, it just, it it wouldn't be good perception for the fans. They wanted their good old Ring of Honor. They didn't want their new corporate Ring of Honor. So I I stayed around and, uh, you know... Joe Cop doesn't get spoken uh, spoken about, about enough because Sinclair could drop Ring of Honor in the you know like like any you know like eh, right. but it's 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 valuable for them for their TV and uh, but yet with all the headaches uh, and that, you know Joe could have told Joe probably went into where I'm going with this is Joe probably could have went like four years ago. The three years, whatever, to you know, got to the to his higher ups and okay. said, eh, "This this project, whatever," and and that had been the end. But it's been the opposite, mm. and uh, I, I thank Joe Koff for that. And so um, now, instead of me sweating out all these financials, and me uh, as Dutch, my friend Dutch Mantel would say, the old Southern expression, <laughs> uh, "sucking hind teeth." Yeah, like the baby runt, <laughs> like the pig, the runt of the litter, yeah. who can't get the mother's the proper milk from the mother. He's sucking the hind teeth. Right. So instead of me being at these shows financially sucking hind teeth, uh, now I come to the shows um, and uh, I walk in, I walk out. Uh, everybody's nice to me. I'm like the uh, I'm like. Uh, the, the the friendly family dog on Christmas Day. <laughs> if you go to your aunt's house or your right. uncle's house or your grandmother's house or your mom's house or your your, your, your whoever, <laughs> and they pet the dog and they give him some food under the table right. and the, everyone's nice to the dog while the family argues. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, That's hilarious. And, and, and then, you know, I just go to sleep <laughs> and uh, yeah. then I wake up and I leave. Oh my God, that's awesome. And it's fun. So, uh, but you know what? I earned that. Of course. So anyway. Makes sense. So that's what I was just going to ask next. What's what's the biggest difference from you being the owner to now being the ambassador? I guess you just pretty much said it, right? That's it. I I, I can enjoy myself. I don't have to uh, be, be, you know, not say, oh, this wasn't a good house tonight. Oh, shit. Uh, That kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so... 
but uh, Ring of Honor is doing well. Um, Good. Sinclair, uh, I mean, we're, up, we're on over like, we're close to 200 stations. There's a lot of good stuff going to be going on this year. Um, and we got some exciting shows coming up. Uh, our anniversary show, our 18th anniversary show is going to be in Las Vegas. And it has this past and present theme. Yes. We're bringing, bringing some of these guys back. I haven't seen these guys, some of them in uh, some some 18 years, some 15 years, some wow. uh, Paul London and uh, Xavier was who was the second ring of forgotten about Ring of Honor champion. Right. Uh, right. And I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not looking at any notes. So I'm of, of the original Pitbulls, uh, Rocky Romero and Ricky Reyes is That's coming right. is coming in yeah. and yeah. Gri- good old Grizzly Redwood. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> That's in Las Vegas, and then um, WrestleMania week weekend in Lakeland on what April fourth, maybe. I think uh, so. Yeah, that sounds about right. Saturday, the Saturday before WrestleMania, right? We'll be right. in Lakeland with an incredible show with a lot of New Japan talent, as well as as well as the great Ring of Honor talent. So we have some exciting shows coming up. No, that sounds fantastic. But before we move on to more Ring of Honor, you brought it up. You worked with guys in ECW. So what exactly did you do in ECW? I didn't work with them. I oh. just knew, you know, I knew, I knew uh, Gabe, who worked for Paulie. Okay. And the other guys who used to do merch there. So those were the original uh, guys involved in uh, the orig- original Ring of Honor. So, yeah, but I was an ECW fan. I was at every show just about. Oh, nice. Uh, you could, there's old tapes with me back when I had some back when I had some hair, sure. and uh, I, I had front row D, section D, front row. So on the hard camera, if you're looking at an old ECW tape, if you look looking at the hard camera on the uh, left side of the ring, I, I'm spotted. And uh, ECW revived my interest in wrestling. Oh. I, you know, because I was a longtime wrestling fan all my life. Um, going back to the late sixties and, uh, my interest, my interest would come and go, but it really never faded completely. Okay. But at the time when ECW came out, wrestling was in a rough state. That was, you're talking 91, 92 and WWE, you know, ultimate warrior Mm -hmm. period and cartoon period and WCW wasn't much better. And uh, this product came, and I'm not necessarily a, a, a total blood and guts guy. Okay. Little blood, I don't mind. Um, I'm not a super hardcore fan, like these death matches and stuff. Sure. But ECW really wasn't doing that. They, they, and uh, But anyway, what I noticed or what I picked up on immediately was they were, I used to tell my non-wrestling friends, who who's pretty much all my friends, <laughs> you know that thing about not being able to get any, Steve, you know, like when you yep. can't get anyone to go with you? Yep. Oh, trust me. <laughs> if I didn't have my wife, I'd be going to all the wrestling shows by myself. <laughs> right. So I would tell some of these slight friends, I go, I go man, they, they, ECW, they're doing everything that they've been scared to do in WWF and WCW forever. Right. And they took it to a next level. So, yeah. But I was I was a solid fan, and Ring of Honor came along, a totally different product. And uh, right. yeah, man, twenty twenty. Here we go. Jeez, that's great. So, what what was your first involvement in wrestling? Was it Ring of Honor? 
Well, when you uh, delve into my new podcast. Okay, perfect. I, too, have a podcast. You're not the... Dub podcast <laughs> is not the only podcast around. Now there's a million podcasts, of but uh, I, I've uh, I'm going to get to your question, Ben. Uh, uh, take your time, please. We have all day. <laughs> it, um, so I was sitting on these memoirs, okay. That I had rudimentary, I had in a rudimentary style put some thoughts together about my. Uh, my past, uh, my past experiences in life prior to ROH, prior to a lot of things. You know, I used to work for these club. This we're going way back. I used to work for these club bands, not, not no, you know, no high level, okay. but just these club acts. This is like, this is when I got out of uh, high school and I, and I had my brief college career which lasted like a semester and a half where I majored in joint rolling and pinball nice. and uh, quickly powdered out. Love but, it. Um, <laughs> I, worked, I worked for these bands yeah. and um, flopped around. I, I had some very shaky uh, substance habits, substance abuse problems for many years. Okay. Uh, you know, cocaine was my best friend, mm. and uh, a lot of drinking, and uh, it, it was it was ugly. Um, so when I finally got, I'm going to get to your. I promise I'm going to get your answer. <laughs> oh, I'm when, intrigued. When Don't I worry. I got my shit together, and uh, I, I was in, I got involved in the ticket business while I was still all fucked up. Okay. And uh, cleaned my act up, stayed in the ticket business, and. Uh, Rolled along, finally uh, getting some clean time together and, and getting things rolling. And to get to your to answer your question about my first my first foray, yes. uh, I was involved in a, a wrestling magazine okay. in Puerto Rico. Oh wow! In Spanish. Oh, beautiful. And as I said earlier. I have a new podcast. It's called Last Stop Penn Station. Right. And just like you push yours, it's on all the platforms, mm -hmm. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, <laughs> Google Play, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how these people find these things. I know how to use iTunes, right? Right. Um, and I don't know how to use Spotify, but who uses who uses Stitcher? Right? I don't, I'm the same way. I don't get it either. I, I would figure it's just Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But yeah, I, I look at my numbers and I get it from across the board. I'm like, whatever, I, man. God bless them. Exactly. So, <laughs> anyway, um, I um, my cousin, Mike, longtime wrestling fan, longtime music writer. Right. He was working. This is at the dying days of the... Uh, magazine business when the magazines were coming to an end in the late 90s oh, wow. he was working for a company called sterling mcfadden okay. and he was uh his music even though he was a little older he was the editor of metal maniacs and metal edge okay. and he's at the same time he was the editor of a country uh he's very diverse and he was also the editor of the bi-monthly at or, or it was yeah, but it came out every other month. Um, Wrestling World, which was a long time um, um, New York-based 
wrestling magazine from the 60s. But by the 90s, it had fallen off. And Mike wasn't the editor. The, the editor quit. Mike got the job as editor for Wrestling World. Right. Anyway, we go to Puerto Rico on vacation. And I tell Mike that, hey, you, you should do an article for your wrestling magazine. You know, Puerto Rico's got some really cool stuff. So we were able to get hold of Victor Quinones, mm-hmm. who's passed away since, of the IWA. We went to IWA. It was so cool. It reminded me of, like, going back in time to, oh. like, the 70s. Okay. And um, very simple, babyface heel. Uh, that's where I met Dutch Mantel. That's where I met Bushwhacker Luke. They were booking. Oh. But anyway, okay. we left that show, and it was just so good in such a simple way. And I said, I said to my cousin, what if, hey, what do you think if we did a wrestling magazine uh, just for Puerto Rico? And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay. And I'm, I'm like, dude, he, he, he says, what are you talking about? I go, well, you're in the magazine business. You're an editor. Right. Um, he goes, yeah, but you're talking about distribution. You're talking about uh, translation. You're talking about layout, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, does your magazine company, does Sterling McFadden sell magazines in Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The answer was yes. Mm-hmm. So I said, all we got to do is find the distributor. Right. And I said, do you know layout people, right? Yeah. I go, well, we could find a translator uh, and I could be a photographer. And da, 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 da. So we did, we did, we wound up doing four issues. This is like, 99 uh, or 2000 it was but we were planning to do like six a year and it took us two years to do four that's okay <laughs> so lucha libre de puerto rico and uh that's what basically was my first foray in the wrestling business wow that's crazy yeah and it was a lot of fun so so as a matter of fact uh at the time when when uh, this episode comes out yeah uh and all your loyal listeners who haven't heard about last stop penn station my new podcast subscribe to it episode Please. we're on episode five as i speak to you but episodes six seven and eight are just about puerto rico because oh. the fucking stories are crazy and we had some wild experiences with some interesting people um this is 20 years ago and uh, they took the wrestling really serious there. Right. No, there were two wrestling companies. There was IWA, which was Victor Quinones, the godson of Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, okay. And there was, and there's the other one is still running. Uh, Carlos Colon, oh, shit. World, World Wrestling Council. Right. Carlos Colon had a partner named Victor Jovica, who's still around, and. Uh, they, um, these guys were tough to deal with. Kidionis was fine. But I, when we met with Victor Jovica the first time, as you'll hear on the podcast, I'll give you a little preview. Please. We went and had this meeting because we met with the, we met with the, uh, magazine distri- distribution people. It was no skin off their ass to put out, you know, they knew that they knew Mike's company anyway. Mm-hmm. And the guy was very cool. He goes, sure. You know, uh, We'll run five. Th- you know, you, you we got to publish it. Right. You know, we hand them over. So if we if we give the distributor distributor five thousand issues, they're going to put them on the newsstands in Puerto Rico. If they sell, they sell. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so we were going to do give them the five thousand, and another five thousand. We we're going to give twenty five hundred to the IWA right. for them to sell, split the money, and twenty five hundred to uh, Carl's Cologne's company. Same thing. Here's the magazines. They charge four bucks. Just give us two, right? right. If you don't sell them, you don't sell them. Yeah. So. Um, Kenyonis was IWA was fine with it, but Jovica and the, the, the when we went to, when we went to meet with him, we sit in his office and it was talk about good cop bad cop Carlos Colon <laughs> really nice man and there's Jovica and we're sitting there right. and uh, jo, and Jovica says to us, listen, you two New York right to our face. <laughs> I said, you two New York Jews come down to my island. Oh, my God. He goes, I'll work with you. I know you Jews are smart people. (laughs) He goes, but (laughs) I want nothing to do. Now, this accent that I'm doing, this guy, he was an Austrian. Right. But he spoke fluent English and fluent Spanish. So he sounded like Dracula. Oh, my God. That's crazy. (laughs) So he says... But I, I want nothing to do with that other company. Oh. And so my, I love my, my cousin saying, well, Mr. Javika, um, it's a wrestling magazine. We're not favoring anyone. Right. So he's like, no, 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 no. You know, I, I'm not involved. You know, that company is shit. Blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> for the rest of the stories involving Puerto Rico and our adventures, including almost being murdered, just like Bruiser Brody was. Jeez. <laughs> Tune into the Last Stop Penn Station podcast for lots of adventures about that, my ticket scalping days, and many other things. But that was my first foray into wrestling. Oh, my God. That's nuts. And, yes, I love a good Puerto Rican story because I had PCO on, and he told me a Puerto Rican story of once he was down there and he was just at a restaurant after a show eating and they just came up running with guns and knives and shit. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's so crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, You know, I got to be friends with Dutch and and Luke. Right. And they wrestled there in the 80s. Okay. And the people would throw bags of piss. Dutch used to say there was a guy would be in the stands – you know, there'd be one guy selling beer, right. another guy going around with a bucket of rocks. <laughs> oh Buy God. a rock and nickel. Can Seriously. you imagine? Just a throw, <sighs> you know, and it, it, yeah, it was rough. When I was there in t- 20 years ago, it right. mellowed a little. Okay. But uh, it, it still was, uh, it still was funky. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, please go check out the podcast. He does it with uh, Ian Riccoboni. It's Last Stop Penn Station. Like you said, you can find it on all major platforms, just like you can find it myself. It's great. I started listening to it myself. I'm, I'm hooked now. And now that you said there's more Puerto Rican stories coming up, I love those type of stories. I, I love the international. Like, I love the Japan stories. I love the Mexico stories, the Puerto Rican stories, stuff like that. You know what I mean? That was, that was thanks to Ian, that, that was the uh, basis of our first season of podcasts. Oh. Our first season of podcasts is about places so we started our podcast episode one with ring of honors worst weekend of all time when we had to go to Las. well it's sad this is going to sound very very glamorous and very uh very nice on you know uh when you hear it oh we had to go to 
we had to go. We were went to Las Vegas and to San Francisco in 2007. Right. What was so bad? There was a, a failed convention in San Francisco. In other words, this convention that was, you know, they were supposed to have, oh, Bret Hart and J.J. Dillon Rick Flair. Da, da, da. Well, guys weren't getting their advances, and half the guys they advertised were never even contacted. <laughs> we got bamboozled into this thing. Oh, no. And so in their, our second podcast is... Uh, uh, about our involvement, well, it's it, it's places. Well, this place was Dover, New Jersey, where we filmed the wrestler movie with Mickey Rourke. Oh, okay. And we were, you know, we were in the last ten minutes of Ring of Honor was featured in the movie. Yes. Uh, and in uh, episode three, uh, we go to uh, Japan. Um, episode three and four, Ring of Honor going to Japan in two thousand and seven. Okay. And. Uh, we also, uh, episode five, which just came out, it's about Ring of Honor's first time going to London. So I've been fortunate with my Ring of Honor experience to, you know, mm-hmm. be able to go to these, you know, beyond beyond the wildest dreams kind of thing. Right. You know, it's just, who, who would have thunk it? Yeah, you know, we got to go to Japan right. twice. Right. We got to go to the UK this is under my Ring of Honor. Right. We got to go, go to the UK twice. I mean, Ring of Honor's been back there many times since. Of course. But we got to go there. And, uh, yeah, and getting to go to Japan uh, in 2007, 2008, and working with Noah, working with Dragon Gate, mm-hmm. really cool shit. No, it must be. So I got, I'm going to put you on the spot. Out of all the countries, what's your favorite? Well... <laughs> I like lying on the beach in Puerto Rico. Okay, uh, fair. That's know, fair. As far as as far as those two countries, uh, I, I, I like the UK, uh, but you know the food is awful. And, uh, <laughs> right? Hey, I've never been. I, I've actually, I'm lying. I have been. I've I had a, a layover at the airport, but that's about it. But I haven't physically gone into England. The food so. is awful, but um, it doesn't. And, and Japan. Uh, I like Japan, you know, but it's it, it's such a schlep to get there. Right. Uh, but other than that, it's a cool place. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's it just good having those experiences. Oh, that's awesome. And you said it too, you're working with all these other different type of companies, even to this day working with New Japan and now working with the NWA. How cool and, like, even thinking 10 years ago when no one used to do this, how cool is it that major promotions are working together in, in today's wrestling? It's very cool. Um, today's, uh, you know, t- how can I say it right? <laughs> today's uh, landscape is very unique. Right. And, uh, you know, anything I say regarding Ring of Honor is not, uh, it's like a disclaimer. I have nothing to do with their business. Okay. So if I give my personal opinion. You know, uh, I mean, I am a Ring of Honor guy, uh, but it w- and it would be nice to be able to uh, for everything to merge. You know, what's wrong with you know? Right now, we're working with NWA again. Yeah, yeah. we're working with New Japan again, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we we have a very good relationship with CMML. Okay, yeah. Mexico, that's right. You know, with with Roosh and Bandito and Dragon Lee and. Yeah. The, I meet the guy, all these great guys. 
we're blessed to have them on, you know, on, on, on the staff. But, uh, yeah, if, if we could, if, if MLW and Impact and Elite, well, forget about WWE because that's never going to happen. But yeah, if these other companies, you know, if we could be some kind of talent sharing, uh, it would be nice in a perfect wrestling world. Right. So at the moment, it's sort of that way with NWA, with with uh, CMML, mm-hmm. with uh, New Japan a bit. Right. And uh, we'll see what happens as the year goes on. Yeah, because I, I don't remember which wrestler mentioned it or for someone else that was on the show before, but we someone brought it up too. It's like, why can't we have all, except WWE, of course, because everyone knows no one will ever do that, have all the major promotions come together and have their own sort of WrestleMania where they have their own matches at this big spectacle. And at least like that, you don't have to really cross-promote because then obviously there's going to be, you know, oh, I want my guy to go over and whatever, whatever. So you have your right. own matches and then... In that little spectrum, and then just go from there. Like you know what I mean? I know, I know. Um, I think as close as we're going to see to that is going to be the Ring of Honor show uh, in Florida. <laughs> um, I'm trying to throw some names up here, which <laughs> sure. I'm having trouble. Um, the uh, yeah, it is April fourth, seven o'clock in Lakeland. Nice. But that that show. We're going to have uh, Kenta, uh, I want to say the right names here. I'm not looking at any kind of notes. <laughs> a bunch of the New Japan stars. Sure. Um, maybe you could look it up. I, I, I can't do it while I'm on, on Skype with you. And uh, as well as, uh, you know, Nick Aldis from NWA. And uh, it's a loaded show. It's just a load. Oh, um, Jay White's going to be there. Oh, yes. There you go. And uh, I'm, I don't know about Zack Sabre Jr., but um, there's some other, uh, some top New Japan talents. I'm going to get lambasted for not being able to say them specifically off the top of my head. But don't worry, I'm trying to find it, too. <laughs> It's going to be awesome. That's all. That, that's all that matters. Yeah, like uh, all I see is Kenta everywhere as I bring it up. So Kenta's probably one of the biggest names because obviously Kenta has a, a history with Ring of Honor, right? So. Yeah, I, and I, I have a history with him. He's a good guy. I haven't seen him in years. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I'm really excited. It's going to be good. And what do you think? You think he did the right thing because he wasn't being so called as I put up quotations used well enough in NXT or WWE. You think it's better for him to just walk away and do his thing in, in new Japan again? Uh, I think it is right. I think it is. Um, I don't want to speak for the man, but of course. I, yeah, I, I think so. WWE, you just don't know what you're going to get. Like, and, and at, the, at the same time, I'm so happy for my friends, guys like, uh, Kevin Owens, let alone Brian Danielson, of course. And, you know, uh, Tyler, Seth Rollins, uh, who've been so successful, and right. uh, Sami Zayn, El Generico. Um, but at the same time, there's guys that go there that it just doesn't work out. Uh, a guy, guy Kent is a perfect example. Um, he's just so talented. But WWE is going to do what they want. But the Ring of Honor guys, 
the, the Ring of Honor hybrid has shown through. Now look at this crew now with NXT, with Adam right. Cole. Right. My main man, Adam Cole. Yep. And a, another good friend of mine, or like my sons, Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Bobby Fish. Yep, killing uh, it. They're killing it. Um, you could so, go down the whole roster. You could go down. You got Jonathan Dijakovic. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, right. Uh, right. Leo Rush, keep going, and like it's it's a who's who of Ring of Honor. <laughs> yep, it's a who's who of Ring of Honor. When I, I'm very proud when I put on uh, any other show because there's there's plenty of Ring of Honor heritage there. Right. <laughs> no matter what it is, and uh, that includes AEW. Yeah, you know, there too. Of I course. don't think AEW. You know, I'm sure uh, uh, Tony Khan could have done whatever he wants, but right. Uh, and 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 I love the Bucks. Uh, they're my boys, um, and I'm so happy for everybody. And, and Cody's a great star, but they're they're uh, Ring of Honor gave them a good platform. It, it was a it was a it was a good it was a good uh, synergy for them mm-hmm. to get to where they are now. Right. So all the best. You know, uh, the more wrestling, the, the more wrestling, the better. And uh, it, it, it's. Uh, I'm happy for all these guys that I've worked with that, you know, are doing well. No, fantastic. And that's great to hear. And it's true. Why, why should you be bitter? Why not be the proud, like you said, father of all these people to see them blossom? Because like everyone knows, like no one's going to beat around the bush. Like Ring of Honor could only take you so far, whereas the WWE machine takes you even further and skyrockets you. Right? So it's, it's just common knowledge. It's, it's nothing new. So, okay, well, speaking of now and then, what's, since you're having the big uh, show with past stars versus the present, what's the biggest difference that you notice today from the original Ring of Honor to today's product? That's a good question. Um, the, the original Ring of Honor was based, uh, I, I don't know, the, 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 you know, Gabe Sapolsky was the original booker. Yes. Very brilliant. And uh, he liked this frenetic style of, you know, it was a combination of of the Japanese strong style. He had a good eye for talent. Mm -hmm. So you're bringing in guys in the early Ring of Honor, like Loki and and Brian Kendricks and and Brian Danielson Mm -hmm. and Paul London and... A young, a young. Uh, he's still good, but Christopher Daniels. Yep. And uh, there's a laundry list, and it, it, it was this really good, uh, almost Japanese style wrestling, mm-hmm. and you had the high flying um, type. Of, it, it's it's not that much different. Um, it's really not that much different. I don't. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, the only real difference is, you know, we have top-notch production now. Yeah. But as far as the wrestling itself, and I'm Steve, I'm really not trying to dodge your question. But <laughs> sure. It's uh, it's pretty much the same. I think we might be more uh, storyline driven okay. now, if anything. 
I was just going to say, but in a good way. Yeah, because I was going to say, as a viewer of the product from watching the original to what is now, I think that is, at first, you guys were pure old school wrestling. You come out, not to say it was cold matches, but it was good matches, but there was no build up to them. You know what I mean? Whereas now, there's stories behind everything where when you watch the pay per view, there's a package before every match so you could catch up, right? So I think that's the biggest difference, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. No, oh, that's awesome. Okay, when what about because again, naysayers? I, I don't want to beat around the bush, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm all one sided. And yay, let's go ROH because yeah. obviously there's people out there who say stuff, and people are saying that ROH isn't the same as it used to be because again, like we just mentioned, all the talents going to NXT, AEW. It's almost as if you guys got stripped of all your talent, so to speak. So for those people who are living under a rock and don't know what ROH is all about nowadays, who are the up-and-coming guys that people should be watching out for? Because you know what I mean? Now it's hard to find that indie star because they're all being gobbled up, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? They're all being gobbled up, that's right. Um, but historically, we've always been, uh, they've always been putting the fork in us. Going back to when we, within a few months, lost CM Punk, and Samoa Joe. We're talking 2005, 2006. That's oh, they're right. done. <laughs> then, then in 2009, uh, on the same night, in September of 2009, we simultaneously lost Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson <sighs> on the same night. Now, how are you going to survive that? Um, well, what happened then was we brought back Homicide, right. two-time champion, and Jim Carnett came on board, and uh, that was the t- time when Tyler Black was starting to be elevated, mm. and Austin Aries was really strong then, yep. and Davey Richards was coming into his own, and Eddie Edwards was coming into his own, wow. and then we lost a lot of those guys. Yep. But then you had the Adam Coles, and the Kyle O'Reilly's, and the, you know Dalton Castle and Jay Lethal coming back, mm-hmm. and to bring it to now, um, Ring of Honor. Uh, besides having these cornerstone guys mm-hmm. like the Briscoes, of course, and Jay Lethal, mm-hmm. probably the, these are probably I, the, Morgan Jay Briscoe and Jay Lethal. I don't give a shit who we're going to talk to. Right. They are amongst the best wrestlers in the world. I'm not saying they're the best, but when you're going to talk about, oh, Seth Rollins or Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. or who uh, whomever, uh, the Briscoes and Lethal are right up there. So we got these cornerstone guys like that. We've got the Matt Tavens yeah. and Dalton Castles who have developed over the last number of years who are so good. Um, and we have these, you know, guys like PCO mm-hmm. coming out of left field. <laughs> right. right. Love it. Right. Coming out of left field uh, as well, as well as Roosh, yeah. as well as Bandito. Uh, I mentioned these before, these CMML guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, Mark Haskins and Bully Ray was yep. been an amazing addition. You know, talk about talk about a uh, a, a, a veteran that can bring so much in front of the camera and behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been really cool to work with, 
as in has added so much. So I, I think, um, I, I, you know, and then got, I'm, I'm leaving names out. Kenny King, Silas Young, uh, Josh Woods. Um, there's some new guys we've been using. This guy, Dan Housen. I probably didn't even heard of him. Just, just really, really good, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be leaving some major names out here. I'm going to get in big trouble when they hear this. <laughs> but anyway, Ring of Honor is in good shape. I think and, so. Uh, it, it's as good, you know. The, uh, I'll put our, I'll, I'll put our wrestlers up against any other, uh, you know, any other company. Um, once again, I'm not saying that we're um, uh, the best. But, you know, WWE, I'll give them the nod because of their, uh, the depth they have. Of course, yeah. The amount of guys. But um, I left names off like Alex Shelley. I left names off like Brian Malonis and Beer City, City, uh, which are a great tag team. I left off Brody King. That's right. I left off um, my man Cheeseburger. Oh my God, that's right, Cheeseburger. And and you know the Danny Moff, who was in Ring of Honor original, yep. he's back now at fifty years old. He's amazing. Right. I left off Flip Gordon. There you go. There's a superstar in the making right there. I left off, and although he was on AEW last week, he's he's back with us in these next few shows. Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb. Yeah. And, um, and, no, that's uh, there, there's, uh, there's some really good people. Uh, oh, how did I leave off? I'm going to get in big trouble here. Oh no. How did I leave off Marty Scroll? I was just going to say. <laughs> right. And, and not to mention PJ Black. Yep. Another one. Uh, who's a veteran guy and Shane Taylor. Another great one. So. I think our lineup's pretty stacked, Steve. <laughs> I would say so much. Well, you brought up M- Marty Scroll right now. How is it with him now, as they say, being the lead booker and doing everything backstage? How's the transition? It's fine. Uh, Delirious is still involved. Okay. And you know, Marty's uh, Marty's a, is a cool guy, and uh, it's it's just been a brief period of time, so we'll see what happens. Perfect. And do you think there's going to be, like, as everyone knows, when the rest, every, everyone harks back to the WCW days of when the wrestler used to book. Is anyone worried about that so called thing happening nowadays? Or? I'm sure there are a couple. <laughs> got it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm most probably maybe the old school guys, because that's just the way they right. thought it is, right? Right. But, um, yeah, it's a different time and it's a different I think era, so. so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Again, I hate to put this on the spot too, but you have so many moments. What is your most memorable ROH moment to this day? Uh, it depends on what, what era, but um, one of them uh, has to be, I don't know how, how your ROH history is, but okay. the very famous Samoa Joe Kabashi match yes. in 2005. Yep. I mean, talk about... A wrestling match with the big fight feel, right? Like you know the Ali Frazier, mm. that thing, or that Game Seven of the Stanley Cup, or go. Game Seven of the World Series with your favorite team. That that match was a classic. Um, 
there's so many. I mean, the Bucks and the Hardy a few years ago in the yes. ladder war, awesome. and there's been other ladder wars. Hey, how about this? Just being in Madison Square Garden. That's last a good one. April. Yep. Any minute, any second of it, let alone any, you don't have to be any match, just right. being there. And for me to, you know, after all my years of, of attending, you know, wrestling and concerts and hustling tickets in front of the garden for years and to be inside at the <laughs> table at the garden right sold out uh with new japan that was a thrill i mean beyond a thrill it was just crazy so that's probably my greatest you know that that night it's a night but that was my greatest moment oh yeah there was another good one when uh Prior to the garden at final battle, okay. um, I hit that fucking bully Ray with a kendo stick. Oh. <laughs> I've never gotten, I've never, I, I hadn't really gotten involved physically right. uh, ever. Kevin Steen put his hands on me one time. Right. But other than that, uh, I was like, a, you don't touch carry kind of thing. Okay. But bully Ray went too far. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, yeah, so I. It, it, I, I hit him with that kendo stick, that, that, that bastard. But uh, yeah, that was exciting. You know, I, I didn't want to be involved at all, but uh, it worked out all right. So yeah, I've had a lot. I've been very blessed. I've had a lot of great Ring of Honor moments. Right. Going to have uh, a lot more coming this year. Oh, I could only imagine. And I was going to ask you too, since you brought it up right now with the whole Bully Ray thing. What was the crate again? Well, I guess you said it because only Kevin seen put hands on you before. What was the craziest bump? Because you sit ringside, so you know what I mean? Well, fortunately, I don't... I, I'm knocking on wood here. <laughs> I sit at ringside. Right. And, uh, you know, look, you're a young man compared to me. Okay, so thank you. So you're a young man, you know, <laughs> but things happen. And I've had uh, back problems and, and right. neck disc and an operation. You know, my neck's partially fused and okay. this and that and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, look, you don't move as well when you're 60 as you do when you're 40, let alone when you're 20. Of course. So I'm at ringside, and i got to pay attention. <laughs> right. And I, I, so far, how I've never gotten crushed at oh, the God. table or, <laughs> right. or knocked down, uh, I've slipped a few times okay. and just made it out of the way right. on a number of times. But, um, yeah, uh, as far as crazy bumps... The, the worst thing I ever saw, as far as yeah, the, the the part of the business that I didn't like as far as an owner, or mm -hmm. even as, you know, my current role, you hate to see when someone really gets hurt. Of course, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And the Briscoes, they just wrestle, you know, balls out every match. And a number of yeah. years ago in Detroit, I think it was WrestleMania weekend, uh, Maybe that was 2006 or seven okay. around then. Anyway, uh, there was just a uh, Mark Briscoe did a, a backflip, some kind of flip off the uh, top rope onto the floor, and there was no one there. And he right. basically landed on a, on the back of his head, his neck, and uh, you know he could have been dead. Right. And uh, seeing something like, but he was he was okay. Uh, wow. Seeing something like that, or. I've seen so many concussions and guys, you know, breaking an arm, teeth knocked out, this, that, uh, 
broken jaws and uh, uh, just yeah, I don't I don't like to see that, you know. But it's it comes with the territory. Of course. And uh, I'm always on my toes when I when I'm out there. I remember one time early on. <laughs> The, the, we had the table way too close to the ring. Like right. we had it like right, right up. Yes, the, exactly. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it was a CM Punk <laughs> match. Okay. I think it was him against Dan, uh, now Daniels must have been gone. Maybe it was maybe it was Shelley. I forget. Doesn't matter. But it was CM Punk, and uh, he came off the ropes, and okay. he was coming. He was flying through the ropes. Yeah. I, 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 right at me. <laughs> not. At, not a uh, dive style right. like his legs and when i say flying it was he wasn't meaning to okay but he was just coming out you know by by force and uh there i was and it's like he almost looked me in the eye and he grabbed the middle rope to, to basically to keep himself from hitting me i think if i wouldn't have been there right he would have just taken the bump but uh I would, I would, that would have been it. I'd have been mowed down. <laughs> you punk. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna get to this discussion. The very next show I go to, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get run over by PCO or some shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you who's dangerous. Roosh. Oh really? Okay. Brutal. I mean, he's he's. You got to you gotta pay attention when he's out there. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, let's, look, before we get to the Dumbass of the Week, let's go back to your, your podcast. The episode I was listening to was the one with the camel. Yes. And there's, okay, now I'm intrigued because I love old gangster movies. I'm all into that culture. You know what I mean? And you were rattling off names like Freddy the Reaper, Ronnie the Bull, Ernie the Hat, Ragamuffin. Stanley. <laughs> like, how was it growing up in New York in that era when literally, okay, I shouldn't say anything goes, but when you sort of had the, like, the roam of the streets, as they say, right? You know what I mean? Well, that period of time when I was doing my ticket scalping in New York, on the streets of New York City, um, talking to late 80s, yes. and it was like the Wild West. Exactly. Uh, this is this is a period of time when crack cocaine was blooming. Mm. The organized crime was still flourishing. Right. Uh, the cops were on the take here and there. Mm. I'll say every cop, <laughs> but it was a dangerous. It was a dangerous time in New York City, and uh, it in that era. You know, the, the, the hookers were, you know, this is pre-internet, kids. Yep. The hookers were still on the streets. Um, and the drug dealers were on the streets. Yep. And it was wide open. And, we're, you know, we're talking midtown Manhattan, New York City. Wow. Inches from, there are these, uh, we're inches from Broadway theaters, inches from uh, institutions like Macy's. Or 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 uh, the the entrance to the uh, IBM building, right. or entrance to Penn Station, the, the transit hub. All this shit was going on. <laughs> you know, the, you know, you know. Uh, what's that song? The one of the original rap songs, "The Message." Uh, 
Grandmaster Flash, oh, right? Hustlers, gang, and Hustlers, Gamblers, Rapists, Scramblers, right? Mm-hmm. It was just all, you know, it's just everything was wide open. And it's sometimes I would say, how did anyone like not notice? So th- you'd be, if you were walking with your wife right. to going to see your wife says, Oh, I want to let you say, she's like, I want to go see Celine. Dude. Well, we'll go back to the eighties, whatever, she <laughs> wants, whatever you go to, sure. let's say you're with your, with, with your wife and, and your nieces and you're going to the circus. Okay. All right. Sure. Makes sense. And you're walking down eighth Avenue yeah. on your way to the circus. This is 1986, 87, 88. These guys would be selling heroin, crack, cocaine, and it wasn't bogus. And it was, and they didn't give a shit. You were with your two, with your eight and nine year old nieces. They'd be like, "Yo, my man, uh, I I got, I got the whatever they would have uh, titles for it. You know, you know, coke, coke, tops, blue tops, blue tops, jumbos, or or they'd have names like uh, and." They they open their hands and show it to you, and uh, this you know this was just going on. It was yeah. it was a rough place. It was rough then, but um, that's uh, that was sort of the charm of it. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, of course, I, mean, I don't know the last if the it, you're too young to have experienced that, but now the current Midtown Manhattan, particularly Forty Second Street, right, which was the epicenter of this sleaze oh wow with the 42nd between 7th and 8th avenue right maybe didn't have the as many drug dealers or working prostitutes but it was the x-rated bookstores and and the movies and all kinds of sleazy activity Mm. and now it looks like disney world it does and and it's you know there's a really good show Besides my really good podcast where we delve back into this period of time, there's a really good uh, Showtime show, or maybe it's HBO, called The Deuce. Okay. And The Deuce was a nickname of 42nd Street. Oh. And in The Deuce, which is James Franco? Yeah. Yeah. It's three seasons. And the first season, it, although the sound shirt, the first season is 72, 73, mm-hmm. uh, Times Square. Second season is the late 70s. So now you got the disco and the punk, era, the, the whole punk thing uh, coming out in New York City. Sure. And uh, things are just things are nuts. And then the last season is my season, oh. 85, 86. Okay. Crack cocaine and the AIDS and blah, blah, right, blah, yeah. but yet the city was still wild. Yeah. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't even know what question you asked. <laughs> I was just saying to just to grow, uh, be on the streets in that era. It was wild. You had to watch your ass. <laughs> you had to watch your ass. But I was in the thick of things, and I'm not a tough guy. Right. But you know, I, I would, you know, I was few at the time. I was fueled by cocaine and, and alcohol, <laughs> and so I just, you just, you know, I'm, you're just, I'm just doing my thing. You know, uh, hopefully you've never been that person. No, you know what? I knock on wood, as if, but now I have control. So I never, I never to this date. I'm so proud of it. I, I'm a, I'm an avid weed smoker. I could say it now because it's legal in, in Canada. So. 
too bad to everyone else in the world that doesn't have legalized marijuana because it's fantastic. So I smoke weed on a regular. But other than that, I don't drink. I've never done coke ever once in my life. Nothing Good. else. Like, you know what I mean? I And when they say that marijuana is a gateway drug, fuck you, it's not. Because I've been smoking strong for about 20 years and I've never wanted to dabble in anything else. Right on. Right on. I, I've had my share. We did the, 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 the weed today, right. I can't smoke it. Oh, it's too strong for you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> How does anyone enjoy that? I smoked more weed than fucking Snoop Dogg. Right. I smoked more weed than Cheech and Chong. Or oh, shoot. Right. And it, but but that was and it was good stuff. <laughs> right. But that was fun. Yeah. That that stuff today. I mean, unless they have some kind of lighter brand. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. Because God Almighty. Well, especially I, up here, because now you, we we have the stores now. But when it first got introduced, you could only buy it online until they started bringing up the stores that you could walk into. So you would buy it online, and it shows the actual percentage. So you could get like. The harsh stuff is anywhere from, like I say, 15% and up. But you could buy strains with like 5% where it just mellows you all just enough. Like, you know what I mean? So you know, We used to like to sit around, smoke a joint, you go, uh, listen to music, you know? Right. Not, not be slammed into the, into the couch like I just did a couple of hits of acid. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, back to your question. It was a crazy era. And... Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but we. But no, no worries. Go to go to let check out the check out the podcast with yes. Ian and myself, and you'll hear if you like these kind of stories and you <laughs> like this flavor. I mean, I, I go through everything. I've had a lot of misadventures. Uh, we don't just talk about that era. We talk about me growing up, going to these, you know, going to uh, rock and roll right. in the seventies getting to see Led Zeppelin oh, wow. at the garden, getting to see these great these great bands, who many of which I still see today. Mm-hmm. Bands like Santana, bands mm-hmm. like uh, Jethro Tull, mm-hmm. bands like, you know, parts of Pink Floyd, Roger Waters, uh, and go. We, we used to go to everything. Wow. We didn't care if it was Black Sabbath right. or Billy Joel. Gotcha. We'd go. We would just go. We were near New York City, yep. you know, and, and tickets weren't a million dollars. And we, we, we try to get in. And we, we were just like, I had to hear, oh, this band Genesis. So I don't know. And that's about, this is back when Peter Gabriel was with them. And right. we were like, like, I knew him a little. Well, let's just go. We, we just went. But uh, you could do that back then. You right. know, now, you know, the price, of, and, and I'm in the ticket business. I mean, I, I can't buy concert tickets anymore. There's no, <laughs> there's no resale. You can, they take in the middle out of everything. It's right. a shame. I know. I feel bad for the kids and and the music. You know, and I and I I really feel that my my era of music was so much better. Mm. For me, I don't know what you like, but uh, you know the the bands of my era were. Uh, I guess everyone likes what they're brought up with. So. But that's a different story for a different day. Yeah, well, yeah it's true. Because for me, example, I'm into late 90s, early 2000 hip-hop. Because that's when I was in my prime, my late teens, early 20s. Right. You know what I mean? So to me, today's hip-hop is not even close to what used to be back in the day. So I, I could so relate to yourself. Right. So regardless, you know, like my mom was, she liked jazz, right? And, oh, you know, okay. I used to make believe when I was a kid, she'd play me like, uh, ooh, Duke Ellington or Count oh, wow. Basie or who, and I make believe like, I knew it was good, right? But I didn't want to let her know that I knew it was good. 
know, so, so when I would when I would when I would get turned on mm. to like, uh, oh, Jethro Tull's got flute, so let me play her some. T-, you know, she she wouldn't buy it. Right. She wouldn't buy it. Or, or listen to this Beatles song, like uh, uh, some classic Beatles song, like um, uh, just just you know, even something like Yesterday, you know, something mm. so easy. She just wouldn't buy it. You know, or the Rolling Stones doing Angie. It's right. a nice song, Mom. Listen to this. Nah. <laughs> you it's get true. it, right? No, I so get it. Because in my instance, my parents grew up on like old Portuguese. It's, I don't even know. There's no, it's called Fadu. That's how you say okay. it. But I don't even know what the translation word is. But that's like old school. It's almost like a Portuguese type of opera, so to speak. So it's very powerful. It's like ballads. It's like these women who could belch. Like, oh my God, it's crazy. And I wasn't attracted to that. But I knew there was talent like you. Like a woman yeah. to pull this off is like, oh, you got to have the pipes. You know what I mean? But now as I'm older, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, these these people were good back in the day. But I, I'll never tell my parents that either. I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> you ready for the dumbass of the week? I don't know if I'm ready for it, but I'll try. <laughs> okay. I might, I might be the dumbass of the week. <laughs> we shall see. You know what? That's what everyone sort of says. They're like, oh, am I going to be the dumbass of the week? Are you just leading up to it so then you can throw me under the bus? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're going to do here, so go ahead. Okay. Well, a lot of people have quit or have been fired from their everyday job, I would assume. Someone has gone through this at least once in their life, right? Of course. Do you have any I quit or getting fired stories that are like out of the blue? Like you do anything crazy while leaving a job that you could think of? Oh, yeah. Do anything crazy? On the way well, out? First of all, I'm the wrong guy to ask a question to because I, I, I've, I've had very few legitimate jobs <laughs> over the years. That's yeah. fair. But um, I've had a few. Um <laughs> What did I do? I don't know, man. Nothing, nothing, nothing shocking. Uh, uh, I'm trying to come up with. As far as dumbass, I would just quit and like just walk out. Yeah, you know? I, I'm the same way. I, even th- if I had, even if I, even if I knew I had money owed to me, right? You know, and you know, most people would work. Because, well, they got to make sure they get that last check, right? Yeah. We're talking about rinky-dink fucking, you of know. <laughs> but I, I would get disgusted uh, the few times I was gainfully employed by legitimate management <laughs> and just say, fuck this shit <laughs> and get the hell out. That was so pretty much me. That's my answer, my man. Okay, no, I I could relate because my first job as a teenager, I worked. I guess it's the equivalent of like a CVS to you guys up here in Canada. Yes. And I was like, fuck this! I didn't even call in sick. I didn't say I quit. I I left my last shift like you. Back then, there was no direct deposit, so you have to come collect your check. So I was like, nah, I'm never going back. So that's probably the craziest thing I've ever done. But I've said it before on the show too. If I was to win the lottery, or if the podcast takes off and I don't never need a nine to five job ever again. Right. I'm going to walk into my, well, maybe not now because I actually like my manager, but my previous manager was an asshole. I would have walked into his office, dropped trowel, took a shit right on his fucking desk and walk out. That would be my way out. <laughs> That'd be nice. Right. There's some guys I'd like to do that too, too, but whatever. Okay. So my, the actual dumbass of the week, it's, it's not us two. It's okay. 
And this is weird because it was an actual police chief. I'm, I'm not going to say what town because then obviously everyone can know who it is because I don't want I don't like calling people out, right? Or pointing fingers. But this police chief got fired. He got let go for reasons unknown because it actually didn't say what it was for. So let's assume the worst. He, he did something horrible, right? So on his way out, so they, they were like, okay, come into the office, whoever the higher-ups are. I guess I don't even know who's higher than the chief of police, but whatever, maybe the state or whatever. Call him into the office and they're like, okay, you're being stripped of your duties, right? So what does the guy actually do? He takes it literally, strips down to his fucking everything, rips off everything, and just walks out butt naked on into the streets. And that was his way out. <laughs> well, I... Can you see yourself doing that? Why didn't you get arrested? Well, just, he's got nothing to lose. I guess they'll give him a pass since he used to be the chief, right? He's the chief, right. Well, I know I, I could not see myself doing that, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'm not built properly for that, but uh, no, not, not me. But that's something. Where'd that happen? That was, uh, I won't say the town, but I'll say it was well, it in... It like Florida. No, it was in New Hampshire, somewhere in New Hampshire. Well, they should have done it in a cold weather area at least. <laughs> so it's it's safe to say that if you and Ring of Honor ever separate, you're not going to streak naked at a Ring of no. Honor show? No, no. no. Not at, not at my age, especially. So that's it. But uh, hey, listen, man, it was really cool talking with you today. Yes, likewise. Thank you so much. You got anything else to plug where people could find you? The podcast again, all that that's fun stuff. It. Last stop, Penn Station. It's on iTunes, Spotify, and all that good stuff. Come visit me at a Ring of Honor show. As long as it's not in Canada, <laughs> we're going to be in uh, Las Vegas, uh, March. I don't know, March 15th and 16th, we're going to be in Lakeland, Florida. There you go. April 4th, we're going to be in New York City in April uh, at ter- at the Terminal 5 building. We're going to be back in Philadelphia at the uh, 2300 former ECW arena in April. Uh, we're going to be in Columbus and Pittsburgh coming up. And uh, a lot of good Ring of Honor action coming up this year. Once again... Give our podcast a chance. Give Steve's podcast a chance. Thank you. I'm glad, uh, you know, I'm going to be a faithful subscriber, and I appreciate you reaching out to me, my man. No, again, I, I should be thanking you. I really appreciate it. For myself, like always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, under Finger Styles. Follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcastdap at gmail.com. We're running to the top of the show. Support the fine sponsors because if it helps them out, it helps me out. Rate, subscribe, review all major platforms and all of that sort of stuff. Please keep subscribing. Keep buying merchandise. All the little things help out. All good, Kerry? Very good. Thank you, my friend. On that note, he's Kerry. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Peace.